There is no hope without Gandalf, but there's always vengeance. Hello, welcome to Mordor Movie Night. I'm Nora, I'm joined by Jackson. Hello! And M. I think that line sucks. It's a great Fuck line. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off! And Skyping in through the Palantir, we have Autumn. Hi, I think this is the first time Nora and I haven't been in the same location to record. Ever? Well, for, for, no, for, this for podcast. This I was going to say, there's like whole whole chunks of White Lotus Radio people can go and not listen to. Uh, there are, <laughs> yeah, don't listen to White Lotus Radio, please. There's one, <laughs> possibly two episodes of uh, Bag End Book Club where we are separate. I don't, I don't believe you, but uh, I think it has happened a couple times. Well, where can people send in emails to correct you, Autumn? <laughs> export audio podcast at gmail.com That's export audio podcast at gmail.com we watched a movie a film mm-hmm. the lord of the rings yes this is all of it this is the whole saga all in one movie uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Frodo this? in it 1978 you can tell because um, C-3PO is there oh that's true Anthony Daniels does perform the voice of Legolas, who uh, is a, a new replacement for Glorfindel I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Jackson stole so many things from this movie, one of them being not putting Glorfindel in it. <laughs> he stole when you, so when you need much to cut some movie. guys, Glorfindel's an easy guy to cut, is the thing. Sure. I think that I the guess. Nazgul would disagree with the statement that Glorfindel is an easy guy to cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking up the cast for this movie is really funny because it's John motherfucking Hurt, it's Anthony Daniels, and then it's a bunch of people who retired from acting in 1984. Yes, <laughs> it's just a bunch of people who did theater for a couple of years and then got real jobs. So this movie is directed by Ralph Bakshi, and as you stated, um, it was a big influence on Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films. Uh, how much of an influence did you find out it was? Uh, according to Bakshi, this uh, Fellowship of the Ring is just a ripoff of this movie, and I don't disagree. <laughs> I I disagree. I I mean <laughs> the Moria look, the 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 shot with the Nazgul sniffing around. That is oh, literally I'm not saying there aren't like shot. shots that are clearly yeah. lifted, like an homage. But I think that the tenor yes. and like the feel oh, of yeah. these movies are radically different. That's true because yeah, the two the- towers that Peter Jackson makes is good, and this one uh, <laughs> kind of lacking. Just a, just a uh, thirty. There's like a, actually it's less than thirty minutes. Like a fucking twenty minute fart noise at the end of an otherwise decent hour that you've spent watching a movie. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but. This movie is another animated movie, and it's got a lot of rotoscoping in it, which makes it look pretty weird sometimes. Uh, it has a lot of, we intended to rotoscope this and then didn't in it also. Yeah, we just yeah. colorized yeah. the footage and layered it over a background. I wish the whole movie looked like the patrons at the Prancing Pony. I think that would look great. I'd have a great time with that. Well, I have great news for you about the two tower section of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, this is a two-hour, 13-minute film that aims to cover the first two parts of Lord of the Rings, and I guess it does do that. Uh, it's, as we said, much stronger on the Fellowship side, although makes a lot of the same cuts that, uh, Jackson would later do. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Jackson. You yes. have to be specific. It confuses me every time. Because, I mean, I assume people with more common names are used to it. Um, but because it only right. happens very occasionally, it does cut up like, every time. What? Who? Me? Why'd you oh, cut Glorfindel? I would never cut Glorfindel. <laughs> I would cut Glorfindel every single time. Real quick, I wanted to say that... Um, uh, P- Peter Jackson has said that this was his first exposure to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he saw this movie before he read I mean, the book. It was a successful totally, movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was interesting. I'm not going to belabor the ripoff point because I'm mostly saying it to be funny. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting that this was like successful enough that there was a generation of people who had this uh, as their first exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing with, with it, the ripoff like, accusations is less to do with anything real and more just to do with Bakshi being a massive grumpy asshole, which is most, it's fine. It's charming. He can be a yeah. grumpy asshole that's wrong about everything, but uh, that is, has its own charm. No one takes him seriously, yes. but he does say completely ludicrous things and you go, oh, nod. Fair enough, Ralph Bakshi. Because Autumn said, uh, <laughs> I think part of this is just that Bakshi is kind of an asshole. And I was like, oh, the guy who made fire and ice? No. 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 <laughs> this... This movie is no fire and ice. Oh, this is a pretty good true. movie. I'm, this is no fire and ice. He's suffering because there's not the only women that can be like even half pussy out. Like he has to kind of like <laughs> give um, uh, Gladriel like sexy eyebrows. That's as much. He, he's he's being forced to silence himself by the lack of women in this I movie. I was genuinely shocked when Galadriel didn't have a dump truck ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know who did have a dump truck ass though. Uh, tree beer. Tree we were beer. talking about how picked up tree beer. Um, the thing, the thing about Galadriel and Legolas is, for the elves, they're just like, well, just do Disney. Fuck it, just do Disney. It's yeah. like really yeah. distracting. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um, during the Helm's Deep segment, and we're going all over the place right now. Um, That's okay. But the Helm's Deep segment is really funny because there's the orcs who are all in the like shaded film stuff, and then they're kind of. They're also doing that with, like, the humans and the dwarves. And then Legolas is just a Disney character running around. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's maybe two or three huh. shots where Legolas is just a blonde guy, but it's very rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's fine that we're jumping around a lot because we did read these books already. And if you're listening to this part of the podcast, you really should have listened to the other parts of the podcast as well. Well, yes, yeah. I assume anyone listening to this already knows the plot of Lord of the Rings and what we're talking about. Yes. So we can we can we can do whatever. Yeah, we don't have to, totally. Not summary type podcast. Um, we can just kind yeah, of absolutely. ramble in our conversation and uh, talk about Treebeard's dump truck ass. One of my favorite <laughs> parts was Weathertop. Not because the Weathertop stuff was particularly like fun, but the like uh, Wraith World segment. Where Frodo is like yeah. in the different painting, and I mm-hmm. thought that the sky looked like a big face, like Sauron was watching, and there was an eye mm. looking down. Uh, Autumn didn't see it, but I was convinced, and it made it, uh, it made for a really cool idea of this like Titanic deific face, like just looking down at you, looking for the ring. That was really cool. I I was surprised. You go, Em. Sorry. I um. Overall, think the ring race are the the part of this movie that I think is categorically more interesting than the Peter Jackson movie. Yeah, right. That's what I was gonna say. The exact same thing was I was surprised. Sauron not really in this movie. Uh, Saruman kind of there. Uh, Aruman really. Um, yeah. But the ring rates are like the villain that I think really gets done justice by this adaptation. Yeah, they they just have the weirdness of like 
the the nine psychedelia when they show up they are mostly like li- like they're very low rotoscope compared to like the hobbits and stuff which we see later in the orcs and it doesn't work as well they're basically like weird zombies it just has yeah. a, a tinge of horror that i like we're going to talk about the, the peter jackson Lord of the rings movies i like those movies a lot but i hate a, the hour and a half we have to listen to the same three bars of the ring ray theme play 20 times <laughs> uh, one thing that I wanted to point out um, is that the word wraith, I got this wrong in the moment when I was watching the movie with Autumn. Uh, the word wraith doesn't have like a concrete etymology, but mm. Tolkien favored uh, applying a link to the, the word writhe. And I think mm. that that is exactly the sort of tone of these yes. ring wraiths because they are all twisting and kind of moving weirdly and they look like they're writhing like they're in agony almost because of their yeah. their wraithness yeah i think it's pretty sick the ring wraith they're so good in this movie the ring wraith got like the huge focus in the uh in the prologue uh, yes. and they set yes. them up which makes it yeah. really like th- this movie is so wi- weird if, if you imagine watching this not knowing who lord of the rings are and the fucking main villains just like stop showing up halfway through, and then they find a bunch of other guys <laughs> at, an- at another place. F- like, it's ludicrous. It just doesn't hold together as a work at all. It's it's just suddenly it hits a point like uh, after Gandalf dies, I guess, where every event it is just on turbo fast speed for a movie that's already really fast paced. Yes. Yeah. It, it it the funniest bit is when they just cut from Bree to uh. No, no, they cut from Weathertop to Rivendell. They're just there. <laughs> what? There's like a massive cut. Oh, it's, oh, it's that they cut. It's, yes, it's it, to Lothlorien. It's, from it's to the Lothlorien. Morning Gandalf scene outside of Moria, straight to we are talking to Galadriel. It makes it feel like Galadriel just lives outside Moria. It's really weird because they spend they do the entire scene of Boromir going like. Oh, the Lady of the Woods, I'd rather face the darkness in Moria and, and Aragorn going, what the fuck are you on about? Which is cut from the Peter Jackson movie with good reason, because it's boring and unnecessary. Um, especially in that one, because we already have Gladwell's the framing device of the narration. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like Boromir's a buffoon. <laughs> this movie makes more yeah. Boromir into a buffoon. He, he like There's but- nothing about the scene-stealing nature of Boromir like that we know in the other movie. Where like, Fellowship that- works with Boromir's good. I think that Boromir's still good in this movie. I really enjoyed watching him run around. <laughs> is that just because you the, already like Boromir? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, you know who else is so not appearing in this film? Fucking Faramir. Oh, yeah. Faramir just doesn't exist. Yeah. I thought Faramir... When does Faramir come into the series? Because it's not It's not until after Boromir dies, but I don't remember it is. It is. It is before... Into. It is before they, uh, before Gollum takes the decides to take them up near Shelob. Right, they overhear it's that. after the taming yeah. of Smeagol, quote unquote. Yeah, it would have right. it would have okay. been in this movie, but they clearly just cut it because they're like, well, we're not doing that part, or you know, we'll figure it out when we get to part two. Uh, like even it's weird. Oh, sorry. Even the Shelob stuff gets cut and kicked to the next movie, just like uh, Peter Jackson did, right? Like that's yeah. supposed to be in Two Towers. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird how much of this movie feels like, um, oh, we were told we get to do two movies, and so we just are not going to worry about that too much. Mm-hmm. It's especially just how rushed all the Two Towers stuff feels. Um, I kind of feel like they should have just ended with, um, you know, Fellowship 
plus like another 10 minutes or so you know yeah. like i just the the two towers is so perfunctory in this movie uh yeah yes it's it's very strange um i think the other formal thing that's really interesting about the movie is that like there's almost no establishing shots yeah. They love to just cut to, and now they're talking to a guy, and it's so <laughs> jarring. And it makes you realize that, like, oh, right, I understand it was a um, like a live-action film, but more, almost more important than some of the CG effects and, like, the effects of stuff was just they took a helicopter and showed you a bunch of New Zealand, right? Like, that's, like, the thing that makes Lord <laughs> of the Rings work is they're going on a journey, and you see the places they're journeying over. Um, yeah. And just cutting it, you don't feel it. You don't even f- slightly feel the... Uh, arduous length of uh the like journey of the fellowship at all um and that's one of the biggest uh i think losses in terms of how to portray what's going on in lord of the rings you know what actually reminds me of though um uh, because because john borman was briefly involved with like the pre-production of this movie before he like it's it seems like him and bakshi had creative differences and he fucked off to go do excalibur instead excalibur also a movie that i feel like didn't have a ton of establishing shots to, excalibur also just is a movie that moves at a breakneck speed in the same way that this movie does. yeah but excalibur will still have the shots of like okay there's a guy in the background riding up on a horse to start the scene the, the, you sure. have that little half second of like buffering. The thing with Excalibur that is different to this is that Excalibur is like even more compressed, uh, which mm. go, somehow like comes out the other end of like he wanted to do Lord of the Rings in one movie, all of it, like all of Lord oh, of yeah. the Rings in one movie. Oh yeah. Um, and everyone's like, how can you do that? But I, I when I watch Excalibur, I get it because it's no, it, that's not a movie about a contiguous narrative. It's about these like episodic moments that imply something massive and mythical um which i would not describe that effect being true of, of bakshi's uh, like the way he condenses stuff that's more like everyone talking their lines really fast <laughs> um uh, also just one other like kind of bummer to be about the two tower stuff is that for all the fellowship stuff i really really liked aragorn in this movie and then at a certain point Aragorn just stops getting lines. Like yeah. they just they just stop caring about Aragorn at a certain point, and that was such a big bummer to me because he was he was a really special part of like when this movie was good, you know. Yes. How do we feel um, about Long Gimli? <laughs> I like the I like the this vision of Gimli that doesn't look like a D and D dwarf, right? Hadn't been invented like yet. He's, he, he he just looks like he just looks like one of the fucking seven dwarves. He's just got like a floppy hat and like a long beard, and he's bald, and it's just like a weird vibe. It's just not the aesthetic, right? Yeah, because yeah. it, it's weird. Because like when we watch the Ragnarok and Best Hobbit, those feel more like dwarves in a way that like I understand them. This does not feel like a dwarf in the same way. Mm-hmm. But you, um, you were saying my something. thing. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I cut you off twice, and the second time was just to get you back to what you were saying. <laughs> Um, my thing, uh, which I think genuinely like hurts this movie is I think this Gandalf is terrible. Yeah. I think yeah. he's like buffoonish. Yeah. I think partially it's like the voice acting is very like, I'm going to explain things and sound fake profound. And I think the like actor they've got to do the like, mo- like the rotoscoping is just like Toku posing it up. In, a, in 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 ruining the vibe, he's always like early. doing wizard hands. He's just fucking like, you know, magical Mister Mistopheles every scene. I find yeah. it abhorrent. Like the bit where he comes in as Gandalf the White and he's doing like his whole like, oh, I remember being Gandalf as he's like 
He, he like gets up in their faces and does like a goofy like wiggle, and I'm like, who is this guy? He's supposed to be like <laughs> I know. You go. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just like it's miserable. Gandalf needs to have like, especially in Lord of the Rings, have a certain majesty. If you look at the Postus movie, it's Gandalf looking like he's fucking Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments with his big ass sword. Right? It's like what? Where's this guy? I need him in this movie. He doesn't get mad well, even like, once. Yeah. John Huston in the last movie had the gravity. Yes. And yes. like the Hobbit Gandalf doesn't even need the gravity in the yeah. same way. You know, like you could have gotten away with this Gandalf in that movie and that Gandalf in this movie. <laughs> I have a question um, for the for M. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we see in this rendition of events that uh, when fighting the Balrog, Glamdring is broken. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck sword is Gandalf using at the end? That's all perfect white. Uh, we extremely didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed uh, right before the um, right before the Balrog showed up. Nora, you paused the movie and you were like, "All right, wings or no wings, wings or no wings." And I was like, "There's gonna be wings." And you thought no wings, and uh, I was so right. The Balrog flew. I, that shit was lit. I really wanted us to pick different ones, so I let you pick first. But <laughs> this Balrog is weird. It does look like a D and D monster. Yes, it really this is, does. This is this is Satanic Panic Balrog. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you said this was Pazuzu, Nora. It looked yeah, a little Pazuzu. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, it had such a big head. Yeah. Well, and it it didn't move much. It was kind of stiff in a in a movie uh filled with like things like like the orcs are like constantly just like doing like fighting game idol animations and like <laughs> yes. Gollum and Gandalf are speaking with their hands in the most absurd way. Uh, and in a movie just filled with that stuff, then you have the Balrog just kind of sliding around on the screen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, extremely. I'm wearing a heavy helmet when they film this and can't move around or I'll break the wings. Yeah, right. I also really like the effect of the orc teeth. Um, the like, ev- it's like painted on each frame, uh, mm-hmm. so it looks di- it like morphs th- as you watch it because like each frame looks a little bit different. Uh, I really like the the effects on all the orcs here. I think that was really cool. Yeah. Um, my thing with Gandalf also when. He comes back at the very end when he rides and saves everyone. He is in full Charlton Heston mode. Like the the throwing up the sword, everyone cheers is like straight out of <laughs> biblical epics. They just like had no restraint at all possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially with the narration being like, and then in the sequel that we're definitely getting, you'll see the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings. Yes, it's really good. <laughs> Uh, the, the the final line is really funny because it's like, and that's how I defeated darkness. But in the first volume of Lord of the Rings, it was like, what? Well, hang on, You're right? Why, half, yes. half the line is telling me that, and then don't worry, they totally the story's totally over. And the other half of the line is like, don't worry, please come back. And all that, I'm like, oh, this is clearly some stupid studio compromise. I just know it in my gut because um, I know that they were like scared about releasing the movie as part one. Uh, and Bakshi's like complains that. Everyone hated the movie because they didn't realize it was only part one. Because uh, uh, if you don't know it's only part one, you'll say, why doesn't the movie have an ending? And you know what? It doesn't have an ending. It does just fucking stop. It really does not. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's okay. We have uh, 
the Rankin-Bass ending for this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I, I have no idea what that's going to be, because I know it's, like, some Two Towers and some Return of the King. Where does that movie start? Where this uh, ends. It's a okay, sequel to this okay. movie, I believe. Okay. It's been some time since I've seen it, but like they knew they like, well, we, you, we get to make the sequel to that movie. And so like, they just, I think there might be like a little summary, but like it's meant to be the second part of this. The, the next, okay. The next movie has a framing device. Ah, okay. I, I right. thought it was a sequel to the Hobbit. I thought that, they were yeah. completely in different development parallel things. Well, yeah, but the reason they make a movie called Return of the King is because they know there's already a movie that adapted okay. the first half of the book. Right. Like, even though it's not explicitly that, like, you know, we, they know there's a movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, I I guess I didn't I didn't know the specifics there. Because like yeah, there's a framing device, but it literally begins with you know Sam and Frodo leading up the stairs to you know meet uh, meet with Shelob and all the like Gondor stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me. I take back everything bad I said about I said about Rankin Bass Bilbo. Rankin Bass Bilbo is fine. Bakshi Bilbo is horrifying to me. <laughs> what a weird little goblin person. <laughs> His eyes also Frodo looks fucking blazed for most of this movie. So true. Um <laughs> But Bilbo just looks like a little fucking freak. I can't totally put my finger on it um he just looks weird to me there's there's a there's a great shot in the movie towards the beginning they're like and then like 17 years passed after Bobo left the shire and it like rapid flashes the seasons changing <laughs> and then it just cuts to frodo like sitting in his chair just like chilling like yeah i've been here for 17 years what <laughs> it's very goofy <laughs> um and yeah, like some of the first uh, uh, lines after the little opening prologue thing are like Bilbo saying, I like half of you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he sounds like he's reading them at gunpoint and like they're hastily like flipping cue cards because he like forgets what he's saying halfway through. It's a bizarre like performance from the actor. Uh, I, Rankin Bass Bilbo, A plus in comparison to this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this um, uh, this next movie. It's been years since I saw it. Yeah, this one I don't remember that well, so I'm curious about it. The blockbuster that I lived near only had The Hobbit and The Return of the King. Interesting. But also, I didn't watch these until after I had started reading Lord of the Rings, which was after the movie started coming out. Yes, I. so I saw these between Fellowship and Two Towers when mm. I got really into Lord of the Rings. <laughs> There there were, like, two or three shots in this movie that I remembered seeing on Cartoon Network ages and ages and ages ago. But for the most part, I remembered a little more of The Hobbit than this movie. And I did not remember much of The Hobbit, so. I'm glad I finally got to see this, uh, even if I don't think it's as good as uh, The Hobbit was. I think I like this better than The Hobbit. I think this movie is kind of bad and definitely not doesn't hold a candle to the Hobbit. The thing is, the thing is that the Hobbit, the Hobbit is really helped by only being an hour seventeen. If this movie was like an hour forty-five, oh yeah, if this was if this was a different movie, I'd like it more. That's true. I agree. <laughs> I really the, the thought is, I really thought you were about to do the Jeff Gersman bit and say the Hobbit is real. It could happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just that like. Up to a certain point, like, up to, I guess, the end of Fellowship, um, like, I liked this movie better than The Hobbit, 
And then it just completely loses all the energy it had. Uh, all anything of interest just like drops out of the movie in the backstretch. Um, yeah. If if this movie had songs, I like it more too. That would be a huge improvement. Great news about the next movie. I know. <laughs> um, um, the thing that's interesting here uh, that we'll talk more about when we get to like two towers is uh, this movie does not give a fuck about Gollum really. Um, that's no. the thing that Jackson, like Peter Jackson really brings to these movies is like, we've got a chance here to make something of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the like transformative part of Jackson's sorry, keep doing this. Peter Jackson's trilogy, um, <laughs> is realizing that like, we could just make a CG guy that everyone's going to love and care about. <laughs> I'll be interested to see it. Cause the only Peter Jackson one I've seen is, um, fellowship, which I'm like, I'll be interested to see it to see it now that I've read the books because I have seen Fellowship when it first came out. Uh, I saw it as a teenager, and then I saw it with Nora. And every time I've been like, "That's okay." I Fellowship has never really grabbed me. Out of your mind. Um, <laughs> Fantastic film. <laughs> it's a really good movie. <laughs> um, I'll be interested to see if I like it better now that I've read the books, and I'm really interested to see if like. Because, I, yeah, I don't know anything about Gollum in these movies. Straight up, like, I've seen clips of him on YouTube, but, like, I don't know. It's know? weird because, like, the thing that Gollum ends up representing, and we'll talk more about this in the hours, is, like, cinema runs with it. Like, it's not special to have a, a CG guy there. Everyone's like, oh, I like that guy. He's, like, not a, he's not automatically written off as, like, the, the goofy Jar Jar Binks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's in fucking every Marvel movie now. Like, every, act, every real human actor in Marvel basically is a golem because they just use their face uh, on a CG body because it's cheaper than building a costume. Uh, so it's hard to, like, make it feel as special as it was in two, uh, 2002 when you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it took Andy Serkis 15 years to please let me put my face on a screen again, please. <laughs> That's not true. He's He is famous British actor Andy Serkis. He's always been around. I'm... Pushing back on Andy Serkis as like a unknown guy with his face. No, I just mean that there was like a long time there. I guess I just I just think of the the Apes movies. Yeah, where, you just um, weren't watching British film in the like early aughts. Late yeah, I 90s. mean, like, yeah, he was like yeah. famous for this because it was like one of the things he was doing. You know, and he would go do um, fucking video games with uh, uh, the Heavenly Sword guys, whatever they they were called. Yeah, because um, like, this Mercury was like Steam. No, nope. uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. I was uh, close. And that was, um, like, it was just one of the things he was doing. But he also, you know, he literally famous British character actor the whole time would, in between those, still appear on TV, still appear in movies. There was no point where Andy Serkis was an unknown actor, I would say. At least I'm in the just UK. saying, I'm just saying that when I go to Andy Serkis' Wikipedia page, the first roles that show up are Gollum, well, yeah, this is King like, Kong, well, yes. Caesar, uh, uh, Haddock, but you, Baloo, like, and Snow. The thing, <laughs> the thing I'm pushing back against is the idea that like doing that put him in some kind of like real body jail where he wasn't also allowed to play Ian Jury and shit like that. <laughs> like that's a, you know, he's, he he shows up in British films. He always does. Circus is the eighth highest grossing actor of all time. I am clicking this Wikipedia link. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, cool. yeah, I mean, he, he has a, he has a, does, he's oh, in, he's like, in multiple like Marvel movies and Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Yeah. Lord of the Rings and Star the Wars Marvel movies. The Marvel movies have broken this because the most like by worldwide gross actor of all time, <laughs> most profitable is Scarlett Johansson. 
<laughs> followed by Robert Downey Jr., followed by Samuel L. Jackson, followed yes. by Zoe Saldana. Like it's just well, no, this, this is, that that is lead roles only. The if it's all roles, it's Stanley. So, <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but if it's if it's all the, the all roles one goes Stanley, Samuel L. Jackson, Frank Welker, John Ratzenberger, oh, sure. yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Bob Bergen. Uh, so you get the animated guys in there. It makes sure that it makes sense that it would be Frank Welker on that list because he was just in everything. Who Alan Tudyk comes in at number ten. Who's Frank Welker? <laughs> no, he's the voice. He's the voice of. Uh, he's the voice of uh, fucking uh, Fred God. Jones. No, he he's in um, like the Transformers stuff. That's like the big yes. thing that made billions of dollars. Yes. Oh, right. Because I forgot that they brought back the '80s voice cast for the for the recent stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but he's yeah, also like that. he's been doing like he's like the classic Fred Jones and Scooby Doo, which is not like the the live action ones. But he's just the if you need a guy for to do like an animal or a person in cartoons since the seventies or whatever, he's probably done it. The eighties, yes. I guess, is when he really kicks off. Um, yeah, he's still uh, doing it. He's the voice of Scooby Doo. Fred Jones, Scooby Doo is both Frank Welker. Um, I think he's Scooby Doo in those live action movies. Uh. I, I'm scrolling through the filmography, and the first one that I can recognize is Aladdin. So you know I, who Scooby Doo is. You can't yeah, be like, I, I don't know who Scooby Doo Scooby-Doo is. <laughs> I was just looking at movies. He's still doing. He's still doing Fred. He's still doing Fred. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I've never heard of this person's name in my life. One of the the famous voice actors, like in the world, it's Frank Welker. Mm-hmm. He absolutely yeah, deserves that spot mm-hmm. on the list. Is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> um, oh, I got nothing else about Lord of the Rings. God, Marvel's, Marvel does break this list. There's no universe in which Chris Pratt should be 15th in the highest grossing no. <laughs> <laughs> movie list. Highest grossest actors. Guy. Yes. <laughs> ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 Fucking ding. Fucking got him. <laughs> Frank Welker was Cujo and Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's he's famous for his uh, animal voices. Do you want to guess the only character he voices in Kingdom Hearts? Uh, uh Pluto. Uh, <laughs> Nora got it. It's a boo. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. He's Spock screams in the search for Spock. <laughs> he's in uh uh. What did I, I was just seeing this. What was it? Oh, he's the Pegasus in Hercules. Yeah. Uh, all right. Is that it? Cause... I think that's it. Uh... Um, plugs. Nora, you're the host. That's right. Jackson, where can people find you online? You can find me online at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast I do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, go listen to them. They're all good. M, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support me on Jackson's podcast at patreon.com slash normalmapping. Uh, for five dollars a month, you get blockbusters. We recently did an episode on Pretty Woman. We're building up to one on what was we pick phone booth? That'll be dumb. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, listen to Around the Long Fire. I do it every, most Wednesdays with uh, Neve, and uh, it's great. Normalmapping.com slash Long Fire. Autumn, where can people find you, you find online? Me. Don't interrupt me. I'll just, I'll just fuck off. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can find me online on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can go to exportaud.io to get to the Patreon page. $1 a month gets you this show and a bunch of others early. $5 a month gets you bonus podcasts like a recent episode of Stairwells that everybody is mad at. Um, and uh, bit.ly slash Lincoln Village SBWU. That's all lowercase to support uh, striking baristas. Uh, we're not on strike today, but... Uh, we could strike again soon. Who knows? Did I win, um, by the way? Did you win? The stairwells thing? What? Oh, no. Damn no, it. you came in like fifth. Fuck you came in like you. fifth. You, go listen to the episode. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I didn't even place. I was so far down the list. You were like third. You did better than Nora. Wait, really? Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember you, like you I just remember coming up all the time and being oh, I understand why M thought that, but they were wrong. And I was like, oh shit. Damn. <laughs> um you're fine. <laughs> um Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. <laughs> uh and that was how the darkness was defeated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.